This is part two of episode four. We join the episode already in progress. All right, Lieutenant Buss, I want to ask you some questions about some of the basic soldier skills you you covered at DCC. Could you talk a little bit about what those were? Sure, sir. So um, when we first got there, there was a lot of in-processing. Um, after we got through that, um, we did some land navigation, um, finding certain points in the wood, woods when given um, coordinates, um, basic rifle marksmanship skills. Um, we go to a couple different ranges and learn how to proficiently fire our weapons. Um, we did a lot of drill and ceremony, how to march, um, a lot of customs and courtesies, who to salute and when to salute and who to call ma'am and sir. Um, we also did some squad tactical movement. So we had a couple of days in the field where we learned how to move uh, tactically as a squad um, to an objective and complete a mission. Lieutenant Collada, could you talk a little bit about what a typical day was like at DCC um, from the time you get up and until the time you, you go to sleep at night? Uh, sure, sir. So uh, we would wake up. Uh, the times varied, but I would say it was usually around 5.30. Um, and we would have PT from 5.30 or 6 um, until about 7 or 7.30. And we would go to breakfast. Um at the dining facility right near our barracks. Uh, so we would march over there, you know, just to get that practice in. And then we would usually have, uh, depending upon where we were in the schedule, um, some type of training, whether it was a classroom exercise or an actual um, event like land navigation where we would have to, you know, be transported to that location. Um, then we would have lunch, which was either at the DFAC or um, an MRE depending upon if you were in the field or not. Uh, we would have more training in the afternoon. Uh, most most days, I would say, ended at probably 1,700 or 1,800. It might have been a little bit earlier. Some days were a little bit later, but um, we were basically released to take care of you know our own business after that point. Um, you could go to the gym. You could you know go buy more uniforms if you needed to. Uh, we were allowed to have dinner on our own most nights. You could go to the DFAC or not, um, and then you would wake up and do it all again the next day. Did you conduct training on the weekends, or did you have the weekends off? We trained most Saturdays. Uh, I believe we had two Saturdays off while we were there for six weeks, one being Labor Day, and then there was another um, weekend towards the end. Um, but you do train six days a week most, most times you're there. All right, Lieutenant Ford, I want to come back to you. So as someone who a few weeks before had been a civilian and now was a lieutenant in the United States Army, could you talk a little bit about your impressions with some of this training and also how you adjusted to the customs and courtesies uh, involved with being a military officer? Uh, yeah, sir, I can touch on the customs and courtesies first because I just really wish I could hug my my younger self just walking into uh, – D, uh, DCC because I was um, I was just thrown by the basic way to even approach any of our of our cadre members I served everyone even though most people there were actually lower um, lower ranking than me um, I used way too many um, armyisms or so I did Roger I did like sir Roger sir Roger like in one sentence um, 
So it was all a lot for me. I, I couldn't do any of the drilling ceremony. I couldn't right face, left face. Um, I had to practice that on my own and it took me forever. I was always tripping over myself. So that was, for me, it was um, very overwhelming. Um, you know, I felt like a doofus all the time because I couldn't even master that basic skill, but it came, it came on its own. Um, I've come a long way since then. Um, as far as the other, uh, the, the marksmanship and the land nav, um, I had to take each week on its own because I had never even I had never even heard of land navigation before. I YouTubed uh, how to do land nav and I watched the same video like three times. It was like an hour video because I um, uh, I was intimidated. I didn't know if, if I was going to be competent, if I was going to be good enough at it. But for each event, um, the Army trained us so well to do it. They, they um, gave us training beforehand. Sometimes it was a very short training, but it was enough to get us uh, competent in all of these skills. So it was probably, you know, very simple for a lot of my, my colleagues, my fellow soldiers there. But um, at the end of the day, even if you're coming straight off the, fresh off the streets, um, you aren't expected to master it right away and you will receive the training that you need. What about how to wear the uniform co correctly? <laughs> Where did you learn that? Uh, trial and error in my barracks room. I didn't even know how to purchase the, the uniforms, actually. When we... When you get there, before you come, the, the, the cadre uh, recommends that you don't buy your uniforms beforehand if you don't know what you're doing because you could do it, you could buy the wrong stuff. And so most of us, the majority of us came with no uniforms except PT clothes, the shorts and the t-shirt the because those were simple. So one day they took us to clothing and sales to purchase our uniforms and there's a bunch of us. So we, we didn't have a lot of time. It was crowded. They were sending us in in waves and I didn't know that you could buy female cut for female. So I... And I didn't know how they were supposed to fit. And there were only two dressing rooms. So I'm trying on pants and shirts over my PT clothes. There was one female sergeant who was trying to help the females, but it, it wasn't enough. So basically, I left there with three sets of clown suits. I had to go back and exchange it once I could actually try everything on. So it was, it was very difficult not knowing what you're supposed to have. But I guess it was – I kind of look back on it fondly now um, because it um, – you know, everyone goes through it. And, and now I know how to. I, I didn't know how to put the patches on. Um, even just buttoning, I had to have someone button my sleeves for me because I couldn't even do that. And the first uniform inspection, it's a little overwhelming because it feels like there's so many parts and pieces to it. But um, you, you, you rely on your battle buddies and they, they get you to where you need to be. Would you agree that by the time you were done with DCC, you were squared away and, and ready to go for when you arrived at, at Charlottesville? Absolutely, sir. It's uh, night and day. Now I can, can put my pants on and get everything where it's supposed to be in time. All right, Lieutenant Collada, I'm going to fast forward to uh, the end of DCC. So it's the end of DCC, and you're going, headed to Charlottesville. How'd that work out for you? Um, so I know that some people flew. I personally, I had my own vehicle at DCC, um, and I drove myself from uh, Benning to Charlotte, North Carolina. I stayed the night in Charlotte, um, and then I drove to Charlottesville the next day, and arrived and I'm staying at lodging here at the school so I checked into my room brought my stuff up to my room and um, you know you have your own room here whether it's at lodging or at the residence inn which is a, a five minute walk um, so it, it's been very smooth on that front so far. And Lieutenant Boss what's a typical day here at in Charlottesville at the JAODC? Yes sir. Um, so typically we show up to formation, our first formation at PT at 0555. Um, 
formation starts at 0600 and we do PT until about 715 or 730. Um, usually that entails some running. Um, by the time you get here, some of us still weren't that great at running, including myself, but um, your run groups really get you there because they're ability based. Um, so they split you up so you're not with a bunch of fast people and feel like you're falling behind all the time. Um, the other two days are uh, strength gaining days, which are fun too. After that, we are released to do personal hygiene um, and eat breakfast. Um, we show up to our first class generally around 9. Um, and we have class until lunch at noon. We have an hour and a half for lunch. Um, come back to the classroom at 1.30 and have class until about... 4.30, and then we'll release to do whatever we want. And what's your class schedule like? Um, so we have different blocks of instruction. Um, so it's not like in college or high school where you have different classes throughout the day that are different subjects. Um, here it's organized by subject matter for a couple of weeks. So the first week um, we did some administrative law um, and we did criminal law next, and then um, we did fiscal law, and now we are at national security law. Um, so during each of those blocks of instruction, you get some class time with the professors. Um, they teach you everything you need to know. Um, they release some readings that you can do, um, and then we usually have some type of interactive part during classes. Um, some classes do it in the form of seminars where we're in small groups and we discuss the material and go through hands-on activities. Um, those are really helpful. And sometimes, for example, in the criminal law block, we did mock trials. So um, that was also really helpful to apply what you've learned in class. And are you working weekends here? We do not work weekends here. Um, we're released from class um, around 4.20 on Fridays, sometimes earlier, and uh, we're released for the weekend. We don't have to be back here until PT formation Monday morning. All right, the last thing we're going to talk about is maybe what you can, you can look at this either way. What advice would you give to yourself or a, a person coming into OBC, um, or what could, what could the, we, the JAG Corps of the Army, do better? So we're going to, um, in this process, we're going to start with you first, Lieutenant Collada. What, um, what, could, what could we do better to help prepare you for DCC and, uh, and OBC? So I, I think the bigger thing right now is um, the, the time delay between being selected and um, actually starting at DCC. Because even if you are an ed delay or like me, someone who did ROTC in law school and I had already commissioned, the delay was still anywhere from six to eight months for most people. Um, so that's, if there's any way that we could speed up that process, I know that sometimes it's medical and that's a really individual thing, you know, whether you're going to be approved, denied, need a waiver. Um, but that's the biggest improvement I can think of. Lieutenant Fort? Along those same lines, I would say just more communication from JRO. Uh, but like Lieutenant Collada said, it, it, it's, it might it might be an individual situation, and I know that JRO cannot, um, they may not have any new information for you, but uh, for me, um, this job, I 
you're waiting so long to start and to know how your life is going to proceed, but you have to be able to plan your life around that. And you don't know where you're at in the process and how much longer it's going to be, which class you're going to get slotted in, even after you get your acceptance. So it you have to put your life on hold, but it's very difficult. And you know, you don't know how to plan for your future. So I would just say, um, if possible, more communication from JRO. Just even know that you have not fallen off the line. Even if there's no updates, just say, hey, we're still tracking. We're just still waiting to get more information. And then finally, Lieutenant Buss, what do you think we could do better? Um, I agree with my colleagues here. More communication from JRO. We did a conference call um, towards the end, right before Fort Benning, and I think that was very helpful. We were allowed to ask questions. I think more of those conference calls will be helpful in the future. Um, any advice I would give to anyone thinking of the JAG Corps is don't be afraid of the physical requirements right up front. I know I was pretty nervous, even being an Ed Delay, I was pretty nervous about the um, physical aspect of joining the JAG Corps, but the Army gets you where you need to be. Um, so I don't let that be an obstacle to um, pursuing the JAG Corps. All right, I think that wraps us up. So on behalf of the Judge Advocate General's Legal Center and School, thank you for um, helping us out here today. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. That's it for Episode 4. For more information related to FCD, you can follow us on Twitter at JAGFCD or by visiting our webpage. Finally, if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. While this is a podcast created by U.S. Army Judge Advocates from the Future Concepts Directorate, our goal is to reach other judge advocates and lawyers across the DOD, law students, and members of academia. Your reviews help make this possible.